Hey everybody, this is Steve. Welcome to This Good Word, episode five. The word that we're looking at today is swing. And that's going to make sense to you in a few minutes after I tell you a story about my son, one of my sons. I want to talk today about drivenness and also about stopping. I want to talk about getting really, really intentional about your own restoration. I want to tell you a story about some things that I do to restore my sanity when things get crazy. And I want to talk about Psalm 23, probably the most famous psalm. I want to talk about what it means to be restored. I want to talk about what it means to get off the treadmill, to get off the endless addiction to producing, performing, hustling, digging deep. And I want to talk about becoming content and filled with joy. I want to talk about the possibility that you can be restored. So I cannot wait for this episode to come out. But first, some shout outs, everybody. Uh, big shout out to Kat Zuno Mateo in Singapore. Thanks so much for your email, Kat. I love that you're listening all the way around the world. Uh, you wrote to me about tension, and I just wanted to let you know that I am in it with you in your place of tension. Uh, when you want something and you have to wait, it's really, really tough. So Kat, hey, we're in it together. I'm in Minnesota. You're in Singapore. Uh, it's kind of a wet, rainy day here. Wondering what it's like for you out there. Uh, send me another email and let me know how you are doing. Also, Michael Brower, oh my goodness, you made my day, you made my week. Uh, you listened to episode three, Skin, and in it, I said that skin was a thermoregulator. And then I sort of uh, spontaneously talked about how thermoregulator, thermoregulator would be a killer band name. And so you created a uh, thermal regulator album cover and it was so boss it was awesome so michael brower you are my hero uh check it out you guys go on my instagram feed steve weens s-t-e-v-e-w-i-e-n-s and then just kind of go through my pictures it's a few down you know maybe 10 or 12 down but check it out it's so awesome so uh here so the gauntlet has to be thrown down i want the rest of you to just pick a word that I use in today's podcast that would be a great band name. There's going to be dozens of them probably and create an album cover. I mean, Michael Browers was sort of heavy metal uh, meets spinal tap and it was so awesome. Oh, so great. Okay. So yes. So thank you, Michael. Awesome. 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 Want to say hello to all my friends in the UK that are listening. Hello, hello. Um, I sort of have this dream, you guys, that 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 my travels will take me to the UK to do some speaking, to do some writing, and I will meet some of you there in your favorite pub. So let's let's make that happen in the next year. I don't know how that's going to happen, but let's make it happen. Uh, hello, Germany. Yes. Hello, Ireland. And hello, Georgia. Who are you people? I mean, there's a bunch of you listening in in Georgia. And I can think of two people that I know uh, that live in Georgia, but that's about it. So send me send me something, you Georgia crazy people. Uh, I want to know who you are and, um, and what you do. 
Okay, lastly, and this is very exciting, uh, I have written a book. It's called Beginnings, and it's filled with stories of my life, stories in the scripture, and it follows the seven days of creation uh, as a metaphor for your own spiritual journey. Uh, we talk about darkness and chaos and light and expansion and tension. We talk about your seeds of life exploding into the universe. We talk about uh, seasons and stopping and facing your monsters. And I am so excited about it. And I want you to read the intro in the first chapter. It doesn't come out until January 1st, but um, I need some people to help me spread the word about this bad boy. Uh, and the best way to spread it is through word of mouth. So if you kind of dig what I am putting down, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, uh, if you like this Good Word podcast, I think you might like the book. So here's what you need to do. There's a couple ways to get uh, the intro in the first chapter. The first way is to go to my blog at steveweens.com, S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S.com, and um, search for the blog that's called Beginnings. It was released uh, just a couple of days ago, so let's call it September 22nd. Or you can look at the blog that I released today, September 24th, find the link. You'll need to put in your email address, and then I will send you the link to get the intro and first chapter of my book. Now, if you don't like the intro and first chapter, or you have no interest in being a part of a launch team, that's okay. Uh, once you read the first chapter and introduction, just unsubscribe for the list. I just want you to read it, uh, because I'm excited about it, and I want to get it in your hands. Also, I'm going to try to find a way to include it in like the info section of the podcast. So whatever you're listening to, if there's a little, like if it's iTunes or if it's on Podbean or wherever else, just click on the info section and there, there should be a link there that takes you right to um, the place where you can input your email address and then you will get the introduction and first chapter of my book, Beginnings, which is being published by the great people at Nav Press. So big shout out to Don Pape and Dave Zimmerman and all you guys out there. Uh, you, uh, Robin, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to partner with you guys. Okay, let's get into the podcast. Today's word, this good word, bringing out, uh, reclaiming what is holy about our humanity. The word is swing. And so I want to tell you about one of my sons, and he is an incredible artist, and he is always creating things. He is always inventing things, things with Legos, things on paper. Just a couple days ago, he and I cut a strip of green paper, folded it accordion style, cut out a couple of uh, tiny, tiny white circles, and we made a snake with a tail and a tongue. And I mean, it was awesome. That's just what he has in his mind all the time. Uh, one day we found him in his room and it was just covered, I mean, like about a dozen hastily scribbled pictures. And it was just scattered all over. He was sitting in the, on the floor in the middle of his room. And we were like, buddy, what are you doing? And he said, the ideas are coming so fast and I just can't keep up with them. Now, at the time he said that, he was four. So this guy is a genius. He is amazing. He is always on the go. He is talking a mile a minute. And he is, I, I just, I love his creativity. So anyway, 
the uh, so that's the upside. The downside is that he gets pretty overwhelmed pretty easily by all kinds of sensory stimuli, and we need to be very creative with him about ways to help him sort of quiet down his mind and quiet down his body because it can really actually kind of drive him crazy and then uh, drive us crazy. And so one of the things we found out was, um, so uh, we down in our basement we connected these two chains to these two studs in the ceiling. And on those chains, we hang several different things that the, the, that our boys can play with and do sort of heavy muscle motor work. And one of them is a, is a um, it's like this, this uh, ladder that they can climb up and climb down, they can swing on it. And then this other thing is sort of like a hammock swing. So picture, picture a hammock, but it's like a swing. And this is what my son really loves. And so on Monday morning of this week, he said, Daddy, would you swing me? And I'm like, totally. And so we went downstairs and he put on his headphones and listened to some music. He wrapped himself up in his blanket. He covered his face. And then I spent about 15 minutes pushing him on the swing. And it was this very gentle rhythm. And he stopped talking and he stopped moving. And I'm telling you, it was about 15 minutes of me just gently pushing him on this swing. And it calmed him down. It recentered his soul. It recentered his mind. His body afterwards was at rest. I remember him climbing out and he, he just looked at me and he said, Daddy, now I want to sleep. And so it was this thing that he knew he needed and he asked for it. He knew that swinging helps him calm down, helps restore him to himself, helps restore him to some level of sanity. And again, this guy is always moving. He Lately, he's using this word technically a lot. He loves to say technically. Technically, daddy, what that means is technically, technically. So the other day, I sort of saw him um, needing to go to the bathroom. He's six years old now. And he was kind of dancing around. And, and I said, I said, buddy, uh, do you need to go to the bathroom? And he goes, technically, I do. <laughs> I love this kid. But anyway, he knew he needed to swing to restore himself to some sanity. So I want to ask the question, in this culture where we are so driven to go, 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 to produce things, to change things, to change ourselves, to keep going, to take in endless amounts of information and process it, to keep busy, what would it mean for you and me to begin to establish some rhythms of going and then stopping, of working and then resting? of breaking down and building up. What would it mean for us to begin to establish some regular intentional rhythms in our life so that we can be restored to ourselves, to sanity, and to God? What would that mean? And even to each other. So the first question is, do you know what restores you? Like he, uh, my my son is getting really, really 
uh, intentional about knowing what restores him. He knew that a swing restores him. Do you even know what it is that restores you? Is it taking a 10-minute walk at work when things are getting a little stressful? Is it a really good cup of tea? Is it a TV show at night that you absolutely love? Is it reading a section of poetry? Maybe it's Rumi or Hafiz, Mary Oliver. Uh, is it going out to lunch with a really, really good friend? Is it going for a run? Is it drinking lots and lots of water? Is it walking in nature and looking at flowers and trees? Do you know what it is that restores you? And are you intentional about doing it? This, my friends, I think is critical. I think it's life-saving. I think it's absolutely essential that you know the answer to this question. What is it that restores you? What is your swing? So I want to talk about Psalm 23. It's one of the most, probably the most famous Psalms. I want to read it to you in full, and then I want to make some reflections on it. I'm reading it to you from a translation that you probably don't know. And I believe it's called the Complete Jewish Bible. I love this translation. It's very simple. The words and the sentences are clipped and short, but they're absolutely beautiful. So allow me to read Psalm 23. It's six verses. If you're not driving, maybe you might want to close your eyes and listen to this. Adonai is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He has me lie down in grassy pastures. He leads me by quiet water. He restores my inner person. He guides me in right paths for the sake of his own name. Even if I pass through death-dark ravines, I will fear no disaster for you are with me, your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a table for me, even as my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil from an overflowing cup. Goodness and grace will pursue me every day of my life, and I will live in the house of Adonai for years and years to come. I mean, isn't that breathtaking? All right, so the Psalms are scenes of nature, which are actually internal, emotional, spiritual, human pictures of our own states of being with God. So the Psalms are these evocative, sometimes angry, sometimes grateful, sometimes desperate, sometimes joyful and content, scenes of nature which are actually pictures of the state of our own internal, emotional, spiritual, human states of being with God. So when you read the Psalms, you have to read them that way. And it's really helpful to remember that the Psalms were written with an outdoor mind. I think so many of us, at least here in the West, live with such an indoor mind. We live indoor most of the time. And climate-controlled environments, and everything is scheduled, when we're going to get our meals, and when we start work, and when we stop work. 
But the Psalms were written with an outdoor mind where things were dangerous and meals weren't predictable and weather could come at you at any moment and maybe dangerous animals might sneak up on you and life was unpredictable. That's the outdoor mind. And you have to read the Psalms uh, at least remembering that uh, the writers were writing from the perspective of an outdoor mind. So I want to just make a couple of observations about some of the lines in this uh, in this psalm. We don't have time to do all of them, but so the first one, God or Adonai is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, this is an interesting phrase because certainly it doesn't mean that the writer has everything, you know, that he has ever wanted in the world. He might be cold, shivering at night beside a campfire as he's writing this. Uh, there might be some threat of predators. He might have just lost a sheep uh, to a bear or a lion. We don't know uh, the exact nature of what is happening. Nevertheless, he writes that he lacks nothing. So what does it mean to experience your life as if nothing was missing? What would it mean to know, to look at something on Amazon? For me, it's like yet another book or some piece of clothing or shoes. I mean, I'm sort of a Sort of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to all those things. What would it mean for me to not have to grasp for those things? What is it that you feel like you have to grasp for? What does it mean for you to have to, to be able to say no to something that you would normally feel like you needed, but instead to be nourished by something altogether bigger? What do you have to have to be okay? That's another great question that this psalm asks us to ask ourselves. What do you have to have to be okay? Or what am I driven by and why? Are you driven to succeed? Are you driven to be approved of by people? Are you driven to keep creating things so that uh, the world will give you a million likes on Facebook? Are you driven to, um, to keep acquiring or to keep climbing some ladder that you don't even know which building it's resting on anymore because you've been climbing for so long? What would it mean to allow God to let you lie down in grassy pastures, to let God lead you beside quiet water, and to let God restore your inner person. So the Hebrew word for grassy pastures has a very unique meaning, and it literally means the first green grasses of spring, which are the most nutrient-rich, which a good shepherd would guide his sheep to find. What does it mean that God wants to lead you to the places when maybe your life is patchy and barren, to those places that are the most nutrient-rich so that you can experience what you need and all that you need? What would it mean for you to say yes, to let God lead you away from busyness, 
and towards this grassy pastures where you lie down. And here's the thing, I think it's true. I've experienced this as true in my own life that God will often ask us to stop and lie down when we think we absolutely cannot. If I stop right now, if I stop going right now, if I stop cranking it out right right now, if I stop being driven right now, then my world will fall apart. And it's fundamentally then a question of what do I trust to keep the world turning? Do I trust my own drivenness? Do I trust my ability to make enough lists so that uh, my world won't fall apart? Or do I trust that sometimes God will invite me to lie down when I think I can't? Now, I know the world of single moms. I know the world of little kids. Believe me, I am there. And there are times when you do need to keep cranking. But there are other times when you really do need to let God lead you toward quiet waters so that you can lie down so that God can restore your inner person. And the word restore there is this very velvety, nuanced Hebrew word called shuv. And it simply means to return. So what does it mean that God longs to return you to yourself, to return you to your true self, the person that you actually are? It said God's, it says God's will, God will guide you on right paths. Even though you pass through death, dark ravines, God is with you, that God prepares a table for you even in the presence of your enemies. And that God gives you an overflowing cup. So what does it mean to believe that God is already filling up the cup that you need to raise and drink all the way down? Can you receive that abundance? Can you receive more than enough? Will you be okay with the messy nature of that? I think sometimes we want to confine even God's gift to us to the bowl that we put out for God. But what God wants to do is to keep sloshing it all around, red wine spilling out all over the white table. What would it mean for you to put out your hands and joyfully accept the gifts that God has for you? Goodness and grace will pursue me. I love that every day of my life. It's not me pursuing God. It's God pursuing me. And I will live in the house of Adonai for years and years to come. So what feeds and restores your soul? Would you do the courageous work of trying to figure out what that is so that you can begin to move toward becoming this person that is the true self so that you can uh, move toward letting God return you to yourself? What would it mean for you to get off the endless treadmill of production and being driven and getting the next like? What would it mean for you to start naming the times in your life, the times in your day that you are have run out, that you are dust, that you have limits? This is everything what it means to be human, you guys. We are dust. We are limited. We are human. And part of what it means to be returned to the holy nature of who we are 
is to allow God to restore us. And the only way that that can happen is if we make the courageous decision to stop and be restored. So I think it's helpful even to sort of break out a piece of paper sometime later on today. Maybe it's tonight before you go to bed. Uh, Maybe it's tomorrow morning when there's a little quiet in your house. And maybe write down these words, right? Write down now, write down today, write down this week, write down this month, write down this year, or now, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and start to get intentional about some of the things that you need to carve out so that you can be restored. So I'm going to share with you just quickly some of the things that I do now, daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly, and then you can start to think about what yours are. So now, sometimes when I feel myself, I'm just, I'm driven, uh, it's, I, I want to produce the next, I'm very, um, I, I am very tempted to keep going when I need to rest, send the next email, make the next decision. I think I have an addiction to people needing my opinion on things and, and to creating the next project. And, and that's all good. I mean, it's not bad. Those are all things that I'm wired up to do. But um, from time to time, I step away. I break out a book and I just take 10 minutes to read a delicious book. Sometimes that's what I need to do right now. Other times I just breathe. I breathe in, I breathe out. I close my eyes and the breath prayer I have is Lord have mercy. And that just means, Lord, I don't even know what I need right now, but you do. So as I breathe in and breathe out, I am reminded that I am dust and I am breath. I am limited and I am limitless and it is God who sustains me daily. I wake up early in the morning and I just, I'm a morning person, so I'm not saying you need to be, maybe you're a night person, but what is the 20 to 30 minutes a day where, you know, for me, it's, I grab some coffee. Um, Usually I read through a little passage of the scriptures just to kind of quiet my mind and calm my mind. Sometimes I meditate. Uh, There's a great uh, app on iTunes called Calm, and it just kind of leads you through 10 minute meditations. It's really good for stilling you, quieting your mind, uh, what Richard Rohr calls the monkey mind, which is always so active. We need to learn how to quiet it down. Weekly, uh, our family does Sabbath, and it's a 24-hour period where we have fun, we rest, we do, we play together, we eat great food together, uh, we don't do lists, we don't improve anything, we don't create anything. It's a time to restore. This last Monday, I read a book. Uh, Monday is sort of our Sabbath. It's Sunday afternoon through Monday afternoon. Monday morning, the kids go to school. I read a book. I took about a two-hour nap. Uh, Mary and I had lunch together, and it was amazing. Uh, monthly, uh, I have a spiritual director that I see. His, his name is Dan, and he helps me so much to, um, to know what it means to return to God, to restore my soul. Uh, you guys, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this because it's, it feels like, you know, well, who am I to deserve this? So I'm going to just all those caveats. But uh, about a year and a half ago, I decided to plant the church. And everyone says planting a church is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Uh, and so uh, one of the little agreements that I made is that I was going to join uh, this monthly massage. Uh, I was going to have a, a, a monthly massage. So there's this guy named Frank down in Hopkins. He's amazing. He works on my back every single month. I'd never miss. It's one hour of self-care that I do. I know I need to do that. My, I carry my stress in my neck and in my back. And so I just made the decision. I'm going to do a massage 
once a month and I'm gonna do it. It's what I need. Uh, another thing I do is I get together with a couple friends, kind of one-on-one that restores me. Um, I am an introvert, but uh, some of these friends, friends really, uh, they know what I need and it's great. Yearly, uh, I get away with Mary, just me and Mary for four or five days. Last year, we went to Florida, this great little spot. Some of our friends gave us uh, their condo to stay in, and we took long walks on the beach, ate great food, and just uh, got to know each other again. So my question to you is, what are your rhythms, and what is your way that you restore your soul? I really want to encourage you to, t- to think about these what, what is it now? What is it daily? What is it weekly? What is it monthly? And what is it yearly? But um, also, you know, uh, think pleasure. Like, you know, for some of you, it's like Saturday morning donut. Yes, do that. Or maybe it's, you know, once a week you have ice cream or you, or you watch a movie on Sunday night. That's what you do. Uh, Mary and I, most nights, um, we will turn on a show on Netflix. And that's the way we, you know, we snuggle together. It's great. But that's when it's so, you know, don't don't think like, oh, it's got to be this holy thing. Um, Think pleasure. Think restorative. What does it mean? So um, if you would like to enter into this conversation, please post a picture of yourself doing doing a thing that restores your soul on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Please tag me, Steve Weems. I'm Steve Weems on all those things. Tag me and uh, also use the hashtag thisgoodwordpodcast and then I will reshare it on my Instagram feed and we will be in it together. So I sincerely hope that you find the things in your life that are restorative, that you reconnect with the God who wants to return you to yourself. So, friends, we are dust and we are breath. We are limited and we are limitless. We are human and we are holy and we are in it together. Can I get an amen? All right, before I sign off, I want to remind you, please uh, read my intro and first chapter of my book, Beginnings. I would love it if you would read it. So just again, go to steveweens.com, find the link on my blog, or uh, I haven't done this yet, so I hope it, I can put this in the little notes section of iTunes or this or Podbean uh, on this particular podcast. It'll give you the link that'll send you right to the MailChimp link. I'll ask for your email address. I will never share your email address. Um, And again, if you read it and you don't want to be on my launch team, uh, you don't need to worry about it. All I'm asking for people to do on the launch team is just on the week or so leading up to launch, just kind of talk about it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, share it with your friends, uh, get the word out. But if you don't want to do that, just read the book, enjoy it. It's my gift to you. Okay, everybody. Uh, in it together. I will return next Thursday for another episode of This Good Word. Until then, my friends, uh, may you be returned to yourself by God. Peace.